bubble. Happy New Year. New Year, new you, bitch. <laughs> oh, it's 2016. I never thought I'd live to see the day. Actually, I did because, uh, you know, I try to eat healthy and, and live my life so that I can see another day. That's the whole point of living. But whatever. It's just a it's just a phrase. Guys, here we are. The Sharp Tongue Podcast in 2016. The first Sharp Tongue Podcast of 2016. Uh, should old acquaintance be forgot? What You know, I want to look into that song. Should old acquaintance be forgot? What a depressing fucking song. Odd Lawn Sing. Is that what it's called? A, it's a Scots poem written by Robert Burns in 1788. We're still singing this fucking thing. 13,000 years later, we're still singing this. Jesus. It's well known in many countries, especially in the English speaking world. Well, I can't speak English. I'm trying to read this shit. It's traditionally used. It's its traditional use being to bid farewell to the old year at the stroke of midnight. Oh yeah, stroke that midnight. So good, girl. You better stroke that shit. I would have a I want to make a porno about New Year's Eve and call it the stroke of midnight. <laughs> it's also sung at funerals. Jesus Christ. I how can you sing it on New Year's Eve and also when people die? I guess it's saying goodbye. But I think we need to get a new song, guys. Why are we singing at funerals also? I could, you know what? I take that back because I'm a white person and our funerals are so fucking boring. Uh, white funerals are so depressing. Everyone has their head low. We're wearing black. We talk like this. George was a good guy. He was a great guy. But I, In high school, one of my... Um, uh, someone passed away in high school. A bunch of people died in high school, you know? <laughs> shitload of people died in high school but I went to a funeral as a young uh black kid basketball player I can't believe I can't remember his name that's so terrible um I'll think of it and I'll, and I'll tell you guys uh and I went to his funeral and it was a fucking party there was a choir there were people dancing and praising hallelujah and catching the holy spirit um uh, bitches were passing out it was like a fucking rock concert it was amazing and then you, you go to our funerals and we're just like, <laughs> very depressing. But apparently you can sing this New Year's Eve song at funerals, which is a shocker to me because I didn't know that. I want to know the lyrics because this shit is really depressing. I only know like the first two lines. Should old acquaintance be forgot? See, I didn't even know. I didn't even know the first line. I thought it was should all acquaintances be forgotten. And it's, should old acquaintance be forgot? I feel like that's not proper English. And never thought upon. So basically it's like, so that's the first sentence. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never thought upon? Basically it's like, fuck you, bitch. Bye. Bye, bye, Felicia. That's what that means. The flames of love extinguished and fully passed and gone. That sounds like a hemorrhoid commercial. The flames of love extinguished and fully passed and gone. I mean, that the flames of love ex that sounds like a Preparation H commercial. Is thy sweet heart now grown so cold, that loving breast of thine? Whoa. Whoa. First of all, I do have a cold heart. You should know that. Second of all, why are you touching titties? Why are you touching titties, though? 
Is thy sweet heart now grown so cold, that loving breast of thine? Are you saying my titties are yours? What the fuck is thine? God, I'm so glad we don't speak like that anymore. It seems so, like, exhausting. I feel like they were just making it up as they went along. And people were like, yeah, thine, totally, so much thine. I'm all over thine. Yeah, 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 that's it. What's the next line here? That thou canst never once reflect. What? That sounds like that thou canst never once reflect that I've gotten that text message from my dad at fucking 3 a.m. when he's been drinking at change of pace in Syracuse all damn day that thou canst never once reflect what the fuck we're singing this song an old long sign I mean we got to really update this music this is so depressing well there you go that's that's the whole lyric of the new year's eve song should old acquaintance be forgot and never thought upon bye bitch the flames of love is extinguished and fully passed and gone get rid of those hemorrhoids is thy sweetheart now grown so cold that loving breast of thine you cold-hearted bitch give me those titties that thou canst never once reflect your dad's drunk at the bar come pick me up so there you go i just deciphered the new year's eve song (laughs) you're welcome free of charge you fucking assholes um i'm in la i'm in la now it's raining we need it we need this rain hopefully it can reach all the way to um where is that in aliso canyon where the methane is is just leaking uh you know there's been like seventy thousand metric tons of methane leaked into the atmosphere because of the uh, ruptured pipeline um it's just i don't know if you guys know about that it's like the biggest one of the biggest uh, natural gas leaks that we've had in, uh, I don't know, since probably, when was that other, there was that other explosion? I'm terrible with, like, news, but there was some shit that exploded. This It's a big deal. It's a big deal. They're just, pump, it, the methane is just being pumped out. And, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Well, everyone around there, they're they're coughing up blood and shit. What the fuck? I mean, can't we, can't somebody just plug it? Can't they just, like, <laughs> Can't they just like stick all the Kardashians in there? <laughs> I mean, it is like it's it is just it's changing it's changing the climate. It's the biggest contributor to climate change in California. It, it, it's it, it's it is just <laughs> we should just stick all the Kardashians in there to plug it up. I think that would help. It's just, I mean, that shit, methane, it's like so much worse than carbon dioxide. We're just, everyone over there, they've got headaches and sore throats and nausea, and it smells like rotten eggs in the air. Well, I mean, you come over to my dad's house any day, it smells like rotten eggs. Um, A thousand people are suing the company that is responsible for this gas leak, uh, it's just it's um it's socal gas i think that is the responsible part part party for this gas leak and it's crazy so if you don't know about this look read the news um it's been leaking for it's been uh, leaking for a couple months i think now and they're trying to plug you know this pipe underground also sounds like another 
inspiration for a porno. So, you know, there's a lot of things in the news that we can turn around into positivity. So why don't we just start thinking about that? Guys, we need to be more positive. That's what all these dumb bitches today think the solution is. Just positivity. Okay? Let's just think positive and the gas will stop. Um, it is, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, terrifying. So it, we already have issues with pollution here on the side of the world. I don't know if you guys heard about pollution in L.A. Kind of a thing. Um, and it, methane is just a big, it's a big problem now. I mean, it, I think methane accounts for like a quarter of the world's warming. So this just pumping out into the atmosphere is probably just going to kick that into full throttle and we're all going to melt <laughs> Oh God! It's I guess it started. It's it's slowing down, but it's but it's still going out into the atmosphere. So I you know let's just everyone pray thoughts and prayers. Everyone have thoughts and prayers. So um, that that's what's happening. <laughs> There's a giant fart cloud uh, over Alyssa Canyon right now. That is deadly, literally deadly. Um, so just watch hide your kids hide your wives they're methane and everybody over there um I'm, I'm sure everybody's happy the holidays are over i know a lot of people hate the holidays i don't fucking i, I love the holidays I'm, I'm sad they're over i'm back i'm back to work now i'm back in the west coast i had a massage yesterday to recover me from a massage that i got in chicago and this guy i got this massage in chicago that just almost cracked my spine. So I had to go get one yesterday. And so I get one yesterday. I usually get a chick. I like a girl massage. Because if a guy rubs me, I'm probably going to want to fuck him. And you can't do that. You know, if you get a rub by a guy who's just, you know, if, if a dude makes you feel good, you just want to fuck him. I mean, am I, am I alone in that sentiment? I mean, whatever. S- sediment. Sediment of the ocean. Sentiment. Um, I, I just was, I'm more prone. I, I, I like to have women rub me down cause I, I'm not really that much into chicks. Sorry, lesbians. I mean, unless you're, you know, a hot one, not like I'm, I'm shallow for women, but if I'm going to go with a chick, she's got to be a model. And I just, in that sentence turned into a chauvinistic male, but you know what, whatevs, peace and prosperity. <laughs> so all I had available at this at this massage parlor was a dude and I was like all right whatever you know my back is killing me so much I'm just gonna get this guy so I go into the room and he he meets me he's very spiritual you know you just you can feel someone's spirit he puts his hand on my on my neck as he's walking me down the hallway to the massage room it's a very nice place I go to I'm a member because I travel so much my back is out of whack I'm in I'm on so many different mattresses in different hotels and airports and airplanes and cars that my back gets so messed up. So I get a massage like once a month. So this guy just like has his hand on my shoulder we're walking down the hallway. It felt like we were just old friends, old pals, like we were having brunch. <laughs> we go in the massage room, face down, do the whole thing. I go balls out naked. I don't care. I don't, I don't leave my thong on. I have nothing to hide. I have a butthole just like everybody else in this world. And you know what? You better rub it because it hurts. (laughs) So 
face down. He comes in and sometimes you get a massage. It, it tickles, you know, so you know it's a good masseuse. Is there a male equivalent to masseuse? I, I can't. I, I thought it was just like a, a, a regular term. Let's see. Masseuse. Here we go. Male. Let's see. Come on, Google. Masseuse. Yeah, it's just one. There's no... Uh, it, I, I just Googled masseuse, and the fourth thing down says, any male massage therapist finished off a female client. <laughs> Isn't it funny what you find on Google? Any male massage therapist finished off a female client during massage? I mean, it's not a proper sentence, and it's obviously on one of these blog boards people ask a question and 13 people respond and then you know you you never get an answer but so masseuse so you know it's a good masseuse when they just kind of press along your body before they even start the massage to sort of desensitize you and feel your body out see where your creaks and your nooks and crannies lie and where your pain is so he did that I'm like okay he's gonna be good but then he started this weird breathing thing and I'm all about spirituality. I'm, I'm a spiritual person. I'm in tune with all that. The chi, the chakras, great. You know, I got the gemstones, feng shui, Taoism. At this point, I'm just saying terms that I think have to do with spirituality. You know what I mean? Komosikiyama. That's not even a, a, a spiritual term. That's Italian slang. But whatever. You know. So so he starts touching me and, and breathing. He's like... <sighs> I mean, it sounded like Darth Vader taking his last breath. Literally. And I just, I'm there. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm open to new experiences. I'm not going to judge. I'm going to let this happen. So he's breathing, asking me to take a deep breath, take a deep breath and let it go. <laughs> That's how they say it. It's so funny. If you ever get a massage and they ask you, they go, take a deep breath in and let it out. They say it like that, and it's, like, so hard not to laugh. <laughs> I'm such a child. And let it go. <laughs> so I'm doing it. You know, I'm doing the thing. I'm like, all right. You know, I'm taking these deep breaths. I'm going to take that deep dick. Um, so, you know, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let this happen. And homie, like, he did a really good job. I feel much better. He definitely kept the breathing up. Um, he was toe tapping a lot and finger snapping. He had a lot of like these little extra idiosyncrasies that I've never experienced with a masseuse before. And one of those other idiosyncrasies that I've never experienced is, um, a fart cloud. Yeah. The, he farted, um, while he was massaging me. I didn't hear it, but I smelled the motherfucker and I didn't request aromatherapy. So I'd like to understand why that little, I'm not paying for that. I better check my receipt and see if they charged me for aromatherapy. <laughs> I'm dying. I'm dying. <laughs> I can't even handle uh, the fact that I was, I it just, I, I'm always in far clouds. I, it, it just, it bothers me. It, it's like, how can I get away from them? I just want to get away from them. So he farted and um, I felt violated but I felt also relaxed, so I chose the latter to um, to focus on. Yeah, so um, I, I was stuck in a masseuse fart cloud. 
it wasn't that bad. It only lasted a couple seconds. You know, he must have a really, I think because his, his chakra is so in tune that the fart cloud came out and then his positive energy probably absorbed all the nasty smells. It basically was like a mini Alyssa Cannon experience. Like his methane was poisoning my soul. <laughs> um, yeah, so that so go get massaged, but wear a nose plug because motherfuckers be dropping bombs. Okay, I have to tell you guys where I'm going to be performing because I always forget to do that up top. I am going to be my shows coming up for the month of January, 14th, 15th, 16th. And 17th, I will be at the Tempe Improv in Tempe, Arizona. 14th through the 17th, Tempe Improv in Tempe, Arizona. Right near the school right there. One of my favorite clubs to play. Um, Please come out if you are around there. Tell your friends if they live nearby. I will be there. And then the 21st through the 24th, I'll be at the Addison Improv in Dallas, Texas. That's January 21st to the 24th at the Addison Improv in Dallas, Texas. And then the last weekend of January, the 28th, 29th, and 30th, I will be at, where am I going to be? I think I'm at the Punchline in San Francisco, the 28th, 29th, and 30th. Punchline in San Francisco. So those are my January dates, 14th through 17th at the Tempe Improv, 21st to the 24th at the Addison Improv, and then the 28th through the 90th. for the rest of my life 28th through the 30th at the punchline in san francisco so please come see yo girl please come see yo girl oh my god i can't believe i'm yawning into my podcast i haven't it's like that sort of thing like i worked you know i I didn't have all this time off i was in buffalo and then i was home for the holidays and then i did uh, chicago thank you for everybody who came out to chicago the new year's eve shows were so much fun um, I was home in between Chicago, uh, in between Buffalo and Chicago. I was in Syracuse for Christmas. I, I was there for Thanksgiving as well. And I went back, my lucky parents. Um, my sister is very pregnant. She's like eight months pregnant. And she's really starting to show right now. Um, and my sister prior to being pregnant has always been a very athletic person. She's always worked out. You know, she, this bitch works out literally like two hours a day, five days a week. I work out too. My dad works out, you know, my mom just throws shade. So everyone's doing something to sort of get their blood boiling, (laughs) to get their heart rate up. Um, But I I was at the gym when I went home. I go as my mom's guest to Aspen Fitness in Fairmont in Syracuse. And my sister is a member there as well. And this bitch, eight months pregnant, on the Stairmaster for an hour. And I'm not talking lightly stepping on the Stairmaster. I'm talking like this bitch is training to climb Mount Everest. Eight months pregnant. So all you lazy fucking assholes out there who can't get their asses off their couches and they're lazy and they eat shitty food and then they suck the system dry because they get all these diseases because they're lazy motherfuckers who can't make, who just continue to make excuses. But I can't, I can't. My sister's eight months pregnant with a fat ass belly on the Stairmaster for an hour, five days a week. Get off your ass. And do something with your fucking life. Even if it's just getting pregnant. Maybe that'll motivate your ass to go and get on the treadmill. I know a lot of people out there have issues. I'm excluding people who have medical issues. I'm excluding people who have any sort of legitimate excuse as to why they can't get themselves healthy. Everybody else is a bunch of spoiled little 
excuse-ridden pansy sons of bitches who can't get up and, and do something with their life. Okay? So this is take this as your motivation portion of the podcast. Get off your ass and eat some kale, you fuck. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so funny. So my sister, she's having a baby shower. And she had baby shower gifts. You know, she she made them herself, like really cute stuff, like, you know, just stuff to give away for people who come to the baby shower. And so I told her while I was home, I'd come over and help her because there's a lot of stuff to do on your own. So my mom and I went over to her house to help her put together all these baby shower gifts. But I decided to smoke a little weed before because my fella, my new fella, um, got me a Pax pen for Christmas, which is a vapor pen. It's dope. It's Pax 2. And it, um, if, if you guys don't know what vape pens are, it's, they, it heats up the weed and then it extracts the THC from the weed and turns it into a vapor so that it's healthier for you to inhale. There's not, you know, it's, it's vapor smoke as it's vapor as, as opposed to it being smoke. So I'm in love with my Pax pen. So I took a couple puffs before I went over to my sister's house to put together her baby shower gifts and I proceeded to eat um, half the baby shower gifts because they were edible. So, uh, I was eating the snacks that she wanted to use to put as her baby shower gifts. So she started screaming at me and then I just went into her cupboards and ate everything. So moral of the story, it's so much more fun to put your sister's shower gifts together. If you're high, um, this message brought to you by Pax Pen, <laughs> who I'm not affiliated with, but Hey, if anybody's listening to this and they work for Pax, hit me up because I love your product. Um, I saw movies while I was home. I know I usually do this at the end of the podcast, but all the movies I saw within this three-week period, I've, I've been gone for almost a month. I saw The Big Short. I saw Star Wars. I saw Hateful Eight. Uh, I saw The Big Short in Syracuse. Go see The Big Short. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people know about the mortgage crisis that happened in early 2000, but it will infuriate you. It will educate you and hopefully motivate you to um, figure out your financial situation and not be... Uh, dependent on anybody but yourself and live a simple life. It's so hard, man. Uh, so many people got became, were victimized because of that situation. And it, like 6 million people lost their homes, kicked out of their homes because of um, failure to pay their mortgage and, you know, just bankruptcy and just horrible shit that happened. So go see the big short. Really well acted. Goddamn, Christian Bale is so good. He's so good. He... he I, I can't think of a movie and there's only a couple actors who have done this where when I'm watching it, I think to myself, Oh, this is Christian. This is so-and-so like most movies you sit and you're like, Oh, this is, you know, Oh, Ryan Reynolds is playing this character. I feel like with Christian Bale, every role that he plays, he totally immerses himself in the character and you forget that he is an individual. And that's where you realize how acting is a talent. He really just, it's like Daniel Day-Lewis. There's a few guys in this industry and women who just like, you know, Meryl Streep and uh, they, they just really lose themselves in these roles. So uh, you should go see it. Big Short was dope. I uh, I drank some Captain Rum. I had I had a Captain Morgan. I had a big ass Coca-Cola and some Captain Morgan. I'm starting to sound like I've got issues, huh? Just talking about my weed and drinking at the movie theater. But you know what? Bring your own nips. This is a, the little flyers, little teeny bottles. If you like to have a little bit of, you know, libation when you go to movies, bring some flyers, put them in your pocket, and then it makes that $5 Coca-Cola not so bad, right? You're welcome. Um, 
I saw, what else did I see? I saw Star Wars. It's just, it was fun. It was cool. I don't want any spoiler alerts, but most people have seen it by now. Han Solo makes an appearance. All the old people make an appearance. Um, And you have to be careful when you go to movies like this. They have such a huge nerd following. And I'm a nerd too. I'm a horror movie nerd. I love sci-fi fantasy. I'm a huge nerd when it comes to certain things. But I'm a respectful nerd. I'm not a loud nerd. A lot of these nerds like to um, be boastful about their nerd nerdness. Like they like to express that they know certain things, which is fine. But keep your mouth shut in a movie theater. Everyone always says, oh, black people always talk. Nerds talk just as much. Shut your mouth. Okay, Gregory, we understand that you know the the ins and outs of the Star Wars trilogy and beyond. You don't need to talk about what the movie's happening. Wait, wait till you get the Blu-ray and bring it home and jerk off and talk about all your information then. Okay, you fuck. That's all I have to say about that. Star Wars was dope. <laughs> I saw Hateful Eight. Quentin Tarantino is one of my favorite directors. Hateful Eight was dope. Um, not one of my f- of my favorite of his films, but definitely well done. And it's just what he can do with the story and with characters and with it's, um, building the tension. He's so damn good at that. He's so damn good at at drawing you in and telling the story in a in a you know, backwards and then forwards and taking you. It's just, it's so dope. I love Kurt Russell. It was so well done. Um, Jennifer Jason Lee is so damn good. You got to go see it in the movie. I would suggest seeing it in the theater just because the types of special effects he uses, you know, he's like an old school. He shot it on 70 millimeter. Um, he uses real special effects. He tends to like to use real special effects because he's old school that way. So it feels so much more raw when you're watching it. And that to me is just a part of the industry, the film industry now that has sort of um, become less popular because obviously we're in a technological um, place with uh, CGI and uh, everything they can do with special effects. So it's just nice to see old school special effects. I'm drinking green tea. This shit is so good. Sayen, some real ass green tea. Woo! Gets right into my crevices. I love this shit. Um, what else have I been watching? I've been watching Making a Murderer on Netflix. You have to watch this special. I know everyone's talking about it. It's it, it, talk about infuriating. Just the way st- different counties and their laws work, and how there's so much corruption within the. Uh, the police, the system, and, and, and the sheriff, this, this story is so woven. And you can't believe the amount of information that this team of, oh, I mean, I don't even know who started, I didn't even look into who directed this and, and why somebody saw this as an interesting story, but they documented everything. That's what I'm so impressed with, the fact that they were able to realize that this was happening and that it would be interesting enough to make into a fucking eight part series. I'm on like episode seven, I think maybe six. So some shit, real shit is going down. I'm not going to say anything because this is the sort of thing that relies on you getting information as you get it. I'm just letting you know that it's entertaining. And if you don't mind losing 10 hours of your life, um, consecutively, then watch it. If you, I suggest catching a cold and watching this special, (laughs) get get um get influenza and watch this special 
Uh, speaking of influenza, we have Anthony or Ethan Anthony Couch, which is the affluenza team. I don't, uh, teen. I don't know if you guys have heard about this dude. Uh, I'm sure you have. If you haven't, then you're living under a fucking rock. Um, he is, he's a kid who got 10 years probation on four counts of intoxication manslaughter. He was, he was recklessly driving drunk on June 15th in like 2013. And he hit an SUV, parked SUV, killing four people and injured like nine people. And then like in December, after that accident happened, he was sentenced to 10 years of probation which consisted of therapy at a long-term inpatient facility probation 10 years probation this is a kid who was drinking and driving recklessly driving had seven people in his car what that's like a that's like a a, ba- a bachelor party why did he, he he had his dad's ford truck filled with seven people um and his attorney argued that he had affluenza and this is a term that is based off of consumerism in some fucking PBS show that had the same title. And it's almost like a created term that means painful, contagious, socially transmitted condition of overload, debt, anxiety, and waste resulting from uh, like the, the dodged pursuit of more. And it's also more um, currently referred to the inability to understand the consequence of your action because of your financial privilege. So that's really what this term means in this specific case. He's just a spoiled motherfucker who doesn't understand right from wrong. It's such BS to appoint this term to defend that action. Oh, well, he did it because he's a rich kid who doesn't understand right from wrong. Give me a fucking break. If this were a black kid, it'd be a totally different story. But because he's a rich white kid, oh, he's got affluenza. If he's a black kid, he's just a criminal. So on December 11th, 2015, um, wait, let's go back. Let's, Let's really get these details here. On December 11th, 2015, he was listed on the NFD, the National Fugitive Database. And on 28th, he was detained with his fucking whore idiot of a mother in a Mexican resort in Puerto Vallarta. They fled. This is how dumb these people are. He fled because he, he violated, he violated his probation in early December. So him and his mom fled to Mexico. How dumb are you? When you flee, you don't flee to Mexico. You know, that's like, oh, I'm in trouble. I'm going to go to Reno. What an idiot. You don't flee. You go to fucking Chernobyl. You go to you go to some little ass town in Japan. You don't go to Mexico. It's like, yeah, I'm in trouble with the law. I'm going to go to Senior Frogs in Cancun. And I'm going to book my hotel and flight online. You're so, these people are so dumb. that They fleed to... to Puerto Vallarta now his now I I looked into the history like a little bit of his history because this case is so infuriating because it's 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 in the fashion of all these things that are happening where the law is failing to provide justice because it's inconsistent and there are all these double standards within the law so let's go back so his father Ethan Ethan Couch's father Fred Couch 
let's look at his parents because then you have to really get an idea if they're saying affluenza this is a cause for why he's doing what he's doing then fine he's a spoiled brat what's wrong with his fucking parents so his dad also had charges brought against him criminal mischief theft by check what the fuck does that mean theft by check that's how much of a low life you are what did he he probably forged a check or something um assault and all the charges were dismissed criminal mischief theft by check and assault all those charges were dismissed and on august 19th 2014 this is his father august 19th in 2014 he was arrested for impersonating a cop he had a fake badge on during a disturbance call. This is a grown-ass man. Last year. His fucking father. And then his mother. I mean, these two are just just gold-plated fucked fucktards. His mother, Tanya Couch, in 2013, sentenced to a $500 fine and six months community service for reckless driving. She used her car to force another motorist off the road. That's some real Texas bullshit. She's like, move, bitch, get out of my way, get out of my way. No, literally move, bitch, get out of my way. Used her car. This was in 2013. These are recent things that happened with his parents. Of course he's a fuck up. His parents don't even respect the law. They don't even respect people. They're writing faulty checks and, and driving motherfuckers off the road. So this is what happened. If you don't know the case about Ethan Couch, it's a little rich white twat. Um, On June 15th, he was caught on a Walmart uh, surveillance camera and he he stole like two cases of beer. He had seven people in his dad's Ford F fuck. I don't know what it was. F 350 pickup truck. And he was going 70 miles an hour in a 40 mile per hour zone. 70. It's almost double the speed. And after three hours after the incident after the crash and him killing people and injuring nine people killing four three hours after that happened his his bal his blood alcohol level was 0.24 three hours after 0.24 is three times the legal limit of adult texas drivers he also tested positive for valium i mean i i know comedians that have been through the worst part uh, just the deepest darkest things in life and they haven't even consumed this much stuff in one sitting this is a lot of stuff for a fucking 16 year old kid to to put into his body and then go hightailing 70 miles per hour through a 40 mile per hour zone so what happened was while he was driving 70 miles an hour this chick um i think brianne or brianna mitchell her suv was on the side of the road okay and she was stalled for whatever reason. And these two other chicks, um, this mother and daughter, Holly and Shelby Boyles, Boyle or Boyles, they came out to help her. And some other dude, this like a youth minister, I think his name was Brian Jennings, also assisted. So this group of people are trying to help Brianna Mitchell's SUV that was stalled on the side of the road. So Couch comes barreling through. His truck hit Brianna Mitchell's SUV and then hit uh, Brian Jennings' car, the minister's car, and that flew into a VW bug. So three cars were smashed from his big-ass truck coming through and just barreling through. And, um, you know, f- people died and people were injured. And, you know, it, it was a major, huge accident. And so after that, he was charged with four counts of intoxication manslaughter, two counts of into- intoxication assault. And the Tarrant County was seeking a maximum of 20 years in jail. And what he was 
you know, what he ended up getting was 10 years of probation and therapy in an inpatient treatment facility. Now, there's a lot of problems. There's there's so many issues with this. Um, There's some psychologists they called up to testify. Dick Miller, he was hired by uh, Coach's Defense, and the guy said he had affluenza, affluenza, and he was unable to connect his behavior with the consequences because his parents teaching him that wealth buys privilege. And it, it, we can look at what happened with his parents in their recent past in 2013 with his mom running some bitch off the road with her car and his dad, you know, um, having criminal charges brought against him from theft by check and assault and, and impersonating a cop. He obviously doesn't have positive role models in his life and they've used money to bail themselves out because that's just the way the system works. If you have money, you can you can settle. You can settle out of court. You won't get charged. You won't have criminal charges. You'll have probation, and you'll have all these bullshit things that happened. So, he had a uh, Ethan Couch had a closed court hearing. It was closed to the public, and he was sentenced to a lockdown rehab facility. And he in like February like nineteenth or something, two thousand fourteen, he began treatment at a North Texas state hospital, state owned inpatient treatment. And their normal daily rate was like $715. That's what their base rate was for normal people. But because I guess his parents had more money, they, they worked on a sliding scale, this inpatient facility, and they charged his parents $1,170 based on their income. It's so fucked up. This kid was let off lightly. It's a double standard and he gets treatment. Well, like some inner city black kid who, if he had committed the same kind of crime, probably would have been thrown in some shitty juvenile justice system and just to be forgotten and, and not treated, you know, this kid, because he's, uh, you know, from an affluent family and he's white and he has, he's got money, he gets treatment. But if you think about it, you have to wonder, you have to wonder what, if it was a black kid, if it was somebody else who, you know, who came from some other family, maybe a shitty family, would he have gotten the same treatment? Six civil lawsuits were filed by the families of the people who were injured or killed against Ethan Couch. One of which was somebody who was riding in his truck, this kid named Sergio Molina. He was in the bed of the truck and he's still hospitalized from a traumatic brain injury and his bills could top Ten million dollars. If this kid needs a twenty-four hour care, his medical bills could could exceed ten and reach ten million dollars. It's serious shit. And this is what you know. You have to realize that if you go out drinking and driving, this is what the fuck can happen. Don't be dumb. Don't do this shit. And in in you know, our system is so fucking flawed. This sort sort of shit just infuriates me. So what happened was Ethan got he got caught. And like the the way he got caught is my favorite on December 2nd, somebody posted a video of what looked like to be Ethan couch and a bunch of other people playing beer pong. And that put him in violation of his 10 year probation. He was on probation for 10 years, not to touch drugs and alcohol. So a warrant for his arrest went out on December 11th and the probation officer couldn't reach him, couldn't reach his mom. So on December 18th, um, Ethan and Tanya couch were reported missing and it became a federal hunt. The U.S. Marshals and FBI got involved. Ten days later, on December 28th, they found Ethan and his mom in Puerto Vallarta. What fucking idiots. And, 
he was in Puerto Vallarta and he was reported to have been in a strip club. He ran up a bar tab he didn't pay and his mother had to go settle with a club owner. What I mean, what is wrong? This is like, you think about how terrible it is that, you know, some people are against abortion and all these things. Some people shouldn't have fucking kids and they know it. This woman should not have had a son. She's a terrible mother. She's raised a terrible kid who is just lost. He has no discipline, no limits, no respect for people or the law or for even himself. And this is what happens. And on December 31st, his mom, Tanya, was flown to L.A., held at $1 million bail. And Ethan is still in some Mexican detention center, you know, waiting to figure out. I think I think that's the latest. I could be wrong on, you know, maybe there's more up-to-date information, but... It is, shit is just so backwards. It's so backwards. This little rich white kid gets off on 10 years probation and obviously is not mentally sound because he's he's still out there doing... And his mom, like, put his mom in jail. Put her in jail for allowing this shit to happen. What if they hurt somebody in Mexico? Then who had been held responsible? You know, the the judge, Boyd, for just letting this shit happen? It's crazy. It's crazy. So, whatever. I'm just... It's something crazy that happened that um, <clears throat> made me feel irate. Speaking of drunk, um, New Year's Day, I woke up and vomited twice. Um, <laughs> but I didn't drink and drive. I didn't put anybody's life in danger. I just vomited twice because I didn't drink any water the night before. Um, New Year's Eve, was we had a good time. Marcella opened for me. We were at the Zanies in Chicago. We were at the the one downtown on North Wells Street in Old Town, Chicago. It was so much fun. Um, so many, oh God, there's so many drunk bitches. I can't deal with it, man. Just the immature amateurs. I went to get on stage. The first, I had two shows on New Year's Eve. The first show I went to do, I didn't even get to say hello to the audience. This drunk lady in the front goes, I miss Fozzie Bear. I miss Fozzie Bear. Now, if you don't know who Fozzie Bear is, um, Fozzie Bear is my dog that passed away in October. Um, I've never met this woman before. Uh, I know I talk about it. Maybe she's listened to my podcast. Um, she's a fan, you know, she must follow me on social media, but that's just not the way to start a show. You know, I don't really think starting a New Year's Eve show on a dead dog is good energy. (laughs) And so I was like, what? I didn't even get to address the audience. I got to the stage, grabbed the mic and she goes, I miss Fozzie Bear. Where is he? And I'm like, he's dead, ma'am. Yeah, Fozzie Bear's dead. Um, he's in doggy heaven. Thank you for missing him. I miss him too because I had him for 10 years. Thank you for bringing this up. Is there anything else you want to address before I start to try and make people laugh after you brought up my dead dog, you crazy maniac? She, she just, you know, couldn't even handle. So I restarted the show. I was like, you know what? I can't handle this right now this lady's pissing me off. We're going to restart the show. So I had to redo the music, redo the intro. I got off the stage, walked back on and started the show. And then she shut up. She shut up. And Fozzie's still dead. (laughs) Oh my God. And I have Chaplin now. Chaplin is my new dog who was getting along handsomely with Carlin. These two are playing all the time. And I I had Chaplin with me. I, I can't travel Carlin. He's too big. So Chaplin travels with me. He's my travel companion. And at the show, you know, he doesn't come on stage with me. I'm not that crazy. That's insanity. I, he, I could hear him whining in the back. This little bitch. Oh, he was whining for me. It felt so good to be wanted. I love it. That's why I like little dogs when they sh- they just shake 
and tremble in your lap. That's just how I want my guys. Just like totally like, I need you. I love you. <laughs> I can't live without you. But yeah, it was great. We had a good time, man. You know, I went out, I went out to, um, I think it was called Al's bar right around the corner. I can't think of the name. It was a great little jazz bar in Chicago. And you just had a, you know, a couple white Russians, like a classy lady, uh, too many. And I woke up the next day, I threw up twice. And then like a grown ass woman, I shook myself out of this. I mean, I was hung over, but I was like, I'm not going to spend New Year's day in Chicago with my fella while I'm in bed. I'm not going to stay in bed all day. Vomited twice, went and got some brunch, got the massage that turned me into a crippled mess. This massage place was so weird. It was like, it was like a, a Yamato. It was Yamato in um, Chicago. I think it's on Division Street. And it's a very traditional massage. So me and my guy, we go and I'm thinking like, oh, I'm going to get my own room. You know, like just like a little teeny massage room. We go in and there's an enormous white guy and a like a just like these two people in there this it, it, there's like four people in the room and two extra chairs so we got mas- it was like a community massage <laughs> there's like other people in the room i've never experienced that and that's like even more traditional than you know getting your separate room that's like an americanized version and then they started putting sheets up and then they're like oh let's put walls up so you know going in a room with four people is super traditional that's like non-american version that's like the real way of getting massage so you know another thing about massage it's supposed to be relaxing and a part of the treatment was hot stone you know they put the hot stones on you and this motherfucker went to go, the, they keep the stones in the room, you know, where there's four other fucking people and he's picking up the stones. It's, it's like, he's trying to find the, the best stone. It was making so much noise. Like they have this beautiful kind of like earth tone music happening, like very ethereal, beautiful music playing in the background. And then this one of the massages, the masseuses was just like, this is what it sounded like. That's exactly. I've got this, this, this uh, centerpiece with shells in it. And this is, that's what it's, I'm like relaxing and like listening to Enya. I'm really starting to like get connected with my chi and my chakras and, you know, just, you know, Taoism and all that stuff. (laughs) And I'm really starting to relax. And then I hear this because the guy's looking for hot, the right hot stone. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm already in a room with four different strangers. I can't handle this. And then the motherfucker, he fucked me up. He hurt my back. He hurt my back. Hurt my. B- it didn't, you know, those sort of things you don't realize until afterwards how bad your back is. Because I was like, oh, I feel great. And then you do like karate kicks and cartwheels because you feel so limber. And then you end up, you know, slipping a disc. Um, But my fella, he was in pain too. We both were in pain. And then, uh, yeah, that's when I went to go see Hateful Eight, went to play some arcade. I mean, and then the next day I got some deep dish. Oh, delicious. I mean, just, it was, you know, it was a grown ass lady having a good time in Chicago. So I appreciate everybody who came out to enjoy the New Year's Eve festivities. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was baller. I had a, I had a baller time. You know what I'm saying? Um, we, um. And, and now I'm I'm back here and I, I just, I have so much damn work to do. I don't feel like doing anything. I just want to spend a week on the couch and not, and become that person that I was yelling at earlier in the podcast where I just don't feel like moving, <laughs> but don't do it. Don't do it. People. 
Get up off your ass. Get up off of that thing. And let me make you feel better. But up, 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 up. So just really just fucking move. Move in 2016. Let's see what the top 10 New Year's Eve resolutions are and see if you guys can make it happen. One, become stress-free. Just like that. Don't stress yourself. Just become stress-free. It's so much easier said than done because it's like I stress out about trying to become stress-free. Like there's so many different ways to do it. I can't. It makes me so stressed out. Reading this makes me stressed out. Here's some of their options for stress-free. Yoga. Find an acupuncturist. Buy a water fountain for your desk. Are you kidding me? All these things cost money. Isn't there any free shit to become stress-free? It's called stress-free. It's not called stress cost. Shit. That's some bullshit. Number two, lose weight. You know what? This is probably one of the hardest ones and it's probably the most common. I would say I would put lose weight up to number one instead of become stress-free. But it's important. Just just try and move, man. Even Just a little bit. Even like if you're fucking a lot. That's exercise. Get out there and lose some weight. Three, quit smoking. Please quit smoking. Seriously, guys, come on. Are we still smoking in 2016? Herb is fine. Weed, I'm not going to hate on you. Cigarettes are just disgusting. You know, they have vape pens for cigarettes. I'm going to get my dad one because that motherfucker's smoking like he's, you know, a part of the rat pack. He's got to relax. It's a little too too much. Vape pens is where it's at. And you can buy nicotine vape pens and it's like a fraction of the nicotine you normally inhale from a regular cigarette. Number four, increase your education. That's a good one. Learn some new shit. I want to do that. Okay, I'm going to learn. I'm going to try and learn Italian. And I'm going to take like a karate class. That's what I'm going to do. You guys do some new shit too. Five, save money. Well, according to the first four, you want me to save money. You want me, But in the first four things, you told me to become stress-free, which you told me to do yoga and buy a water fountain. That's going to cost money. You want me to lose weight? Well, I'm going to have to get a personal trainer and eat healthier, which is expensive. That's going to cost money. You want me to quit smoking? Well, I might have to buy a vape pen for that. That's going to cost money. Increase your education. Well, as we know in this country, education is not free. Well, actually it is now because of Google. So that's the only free shit we have. You can educate yourself for free, but five is save money. That's hilarious. We're going to just skip that one. Six, eat healthier. Now I'm a big, I've always eaten healthy. That's one of my things. I love kale and I don't love it because it's it's good for me. I love it because I love, I get, no, I do love it because it's good for me. That's a lie. I just lied. My new year's resolution is to stop lying. Uh, I just love healthy food because it makes me feel better, but don't get me. Listen, I love some grilled cheese. I love mac and cheese. I love pizza. Basically, I love cheese in melted form. <laughs> um, number seven, try to not have a New Year's Eve resolution. Shouldn't that be number one? Are these even real? Number eight, get good grades. I'm not eight years old. I'm not in school anymore. Thank you for reminding me that I didn't go to college. Nine, learn a new language. See, I'm all about that. Learn a new language. I'm a big fan of that. 10, stop watching so much porn. You know what? Fuck you list. I feel like this list is made personally for me and I'm offended. Okay, because porn isn't that bad. So why don't you eat a dick, you judgmental list? 11, meet, read more books. Yeah, tell that to 10. How are you going to tell me to stop watching so much porn and then to read more books? You know how boring that is? You should put read books first. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll read books. And then I read stop watching porn. I don't feel so bad because I have a book as a friend. Now you take something away from me. You tell me stop watching porn. Now you want me to read a book? 
12, get more sleep. What do you think gets me sleepy? Watching porn. This list is really fucked up. 13, volunteer in the community. Now I've got to go to the community knowing that this list knows I've got a porn addiction and, and I got to go in the community with that under my hat and I'm trying to lose weight and quit smoking. I'm not going to be a very nice person while I'm out there planting trees in some stupid ass garden. 14, don't be depressed. I need to know who made this list because it's just they're really starting to, um, th- these these New Year's Eve resolutions are really shitty. <laughs> don't be depressed. You know, you know that emotion that is crippling and makes you not want to face your own family or eat and all you want to do is sit in your own filth and sleep all the time? Don't do it. It's a fucking shitty list. 15, survive the year. I don't know if I would put survive the year right after don't be depressed. That's a little too close for comfort for me. 16, ask out a crush. Hey, hey, you lazy, fat, smoking, uh, porno addict. Go ask out Go ask out your crush. <laughs> you know why you didn't want to ask out your crush? Because you feel insecure. So you're not going to ask out your crush after all that shit. Oh, my God. These are so funny. Get fit. Didn't we already do that? Stop calling me fat. This list just keeps calling me fat, and I'm a skinny bitch. Damn. 20, be more outgoing. Okay. That's where we got to stop the list because if I were any more outgoing, I probably would just not have any friends. People would just tell me to shut up. Shut up. This bitch is too outgoing. I need to be more introverted. That's going to be my New Year's Eve resolution and to watch more porn. So basically, I'm just going to sit in my bed, watch porn, and chill with Carlin. I'm going to become a crazy dog lady in 2016. Why not? Why not? I've got all the love I need. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) I'm so happy to be back though. I'm very excited to be back. Um, please come see me. Come check out my shows. Tempe Improv. I'm going to be there. 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th. Addison Improv in Dallas, Texas, the 24th, 21st, 21st through the 24th. And then the uh, San Francisco Punchline, 28th, 29th, and 30th. I love you, motherfuckers. Seriously, get off your ass. Stop smoking and learn how to speak Dutch. Now, Sam, you've worked with Quentin more than anybody here. Really? You, yeah, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> yeah, 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 you got, you got. You probably can't go anywhere without people quoting these classic lines from these movies to you, I'd, I'd imagine. Only Tiananmen Square. You got that? <laughs> Only place I've been where nobody asked me if I knew what a quarter pound was. <laughs> <laughs> The only place. The only place. Only place. Is there any particularly notable situation where somebody came up to you and, and quoted one of these lines from these movies? The best is I was backstage at um, a Michael Jackson benefit. It was like two days before 9-11. I was introducing Whitney Houston and Usher somewhere, and somebody came up behind me, and they started doing the Ezekiel speech. And I'm going, oh, another one? <laughs> so I turn around. And it's Marlon Brando. It's like, oh, my God, Marlon Brando. And he did the whole speech. And it was just jaw-dropping. Unbelievable. Awesome. And then, you know, we became friends. He gave me his phone number. He's like, call me, call me. So I would call that number, and somebody would answer, and it would be like, Wong's Chinese restaurant. And I go, (laughs) Mr. Brando there? Hold on. And they go away for only three minutes, and he'd come back on the phone. Yeah. He was hanging around in a Chinese restaurant. I think that was the way he had his housekeeper, whoever answered the phone. I see. Phone. Yeah. Let me see your pretty little smile. Put your troubles in a little pile.
in love with you I think I'm 